0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is...
1: Hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason.
0: And it is a rainy night here in Ohio, but I will take the rain because it is going to be cooler, and that's all I could ever want.
1: That's true. Last week was awful. It was awful.
0: I know I have a friend who just recently moved to um, Seattle from... California and she was like oh summer's already over it's like the high today was like 68 and I said I would kill for that like that sounds amazing that's kind of weather I want
1: yeah I mean when I was outside going doing a speedway run because that's what we do here um it was rainy but it felt pretty good yes
0: so that'll be nice this weekend is birthday party weekend for our oldest daughter and for Jason his birthdays next week we might even record on your birthday next week I don't know maybe maybe not but it's it's a big weekend so it's nice the weather will be cooler for that business
1: Uh, yeah that's that's good because that would be terrible
0: (laughs) it would be terrible all right i don't i don't feel like i have a lot of banter like i don't know
1: it's fine i mean we've had enough banter to last a lifetime on this channel so (laughs) we're good
0: i feel like in real life we have lots of banter and then we get to the podcast, and I'm like, well, I'm kind of bantered out with you.
1: <laughs> that's, that's true. We should save some of our uh, our banter for the people. <laughs>
0: that's right. Although, we like to save it uh, sometimes on Tuesdays, which is, just happens to be when sometimes we record the podcast. We go to this little Korean restaurant, and the little Korean ladies like to mess with us, so <laughs> I feel like we saved our banter for them today.
1: That's true. She She was getting on me because I was trying to look at this other person's food. Like, come on, lady. I want to see what she has. It looks good.
0: It looked delicious.
1: (laughs) It was spicy ramen. Mm -hmm.
0: I know, but my japchae was real good.
1: Yeah. Their Korean food's always good. Like, everything there is amazing. If you're in Dayton, you should go check out this place. It's so good.
0: Young's. Young's. I think it's called Young's Korean Cafe or something.
1: Yeah, it might just be Young's Cafe. But either way, it's Young's Y-U-N-G-S. Not a paid promotion. They don't have anything to do with board games. It's just good food
0: they would never listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> never. That's I,
1: true.
0: I, I like to go in there because there's two older ladies that usually work there. Not that much older, but like probably my parents' age. And being with them reminds me of growing up in an Asian household. They're always like, oh, you guys eat good. <laughs> and they just like a remark on what you eat and what you're doing. And they asked about our kids. And
1: for a while, they really thought it was impressive that I could use chopsticks. I don't know like I mean I'm sure a lot of white people around don't use chopsticks. So I, I mean I feel like a rock star going in there. <laughs> they
0: try to bring you a fork and we're like no, no, don't need it.
1: I waved that off like a champ like I got this. <laughs> <sighs>
0: I don't even know their names. I feel like I should know their names.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't need to know their names. I just know what they look like and that they give me good food and good service.
0: <laughs> I mean, I have a Korean name that my friends gave me. I wonder if I would t- if if they would call me Jihae if I told them that was my name.
1: Next time, you can try it next time.
0: But it's pretentious cuz my friends they're so sweet and but they thought I was really smart, so they called me Jihei, which is wisdom.
1: Oh yeah, you would have that name. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, maybe let's keep that one in our back pocket.
0: And then you walk in, they're like, Gi-ha! and they're like, "Hey, 안녕하세요." It'll be great. I need. To, I'm just going to start learning Korean so I can talk to our ladies.
1: You should. Then they can give us the off the menu stuff. I know the off the oh, menu stuff. That's the dream <laughs> right there. Like that one time your grandma went into that that Japanese place and got off the menu like squid.
0: <laughs> yeah, she just says, like guess what I want," and they made it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, that's like gangsta stuff right there.
0: That's like a whole different podcast topic about going um, to Asian restaurants and getting off the, off the menu stuff.
1: Yeah, that's true. We should probably move back into the board games.
0: That's true. Although that kind of reminds me of Asian food board games, which reminds me of the whole Steam Up controversy that oh, we yeah. just experienced.
1: That is true. That is true.
0: Jason is very upset because another content creator posted a picture with with the steamer board game.
1: And it looked It's the same similar.
0: picture. It's not It's not really. When I really look at them side by side, they're not that You're alike. taking
1: chopsticks. You're looking at what dim sum you want to pick up to eat. She has the dim sum in the chopstick and is eating it. The box is set up the same way. The board's set up the same way. There's a whole shelf of board games behind the both of you. It's the same picture. And she is bigger than us, so she can copy our picture. And everyone's going to think she did it first. But I commented on the post. Now everyone knows.
0: <laughs> so Jason... If, if if we by the time this podcast drops are like public opinion fodder, <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> Everyone knows.
1: Actually I just looked and that girl just liked the page the picture, so she didn't get it. <laughs> she didn't understand my uh my post. I said huh. I said this picture looks really familiar. Like we took this a week ago and then <laughs> I posted ours. <laughs> uh. Oh boy.
0: Well, speaking of games that are coming to Kickstarter, let's talk about news, because I'll talk about non-controversial, I hope, games today. I actually only have two. I was looking for some, a lot of them are kind of farther out, and I like to keep them kind of current, um, just because I don't want to talk about the same Kickstarter over and over again for weeks until it's over, it fills. so... I picked two that are very different, but really intrigued me. And the first one is a funny named game. It's called Super Truffle Pigs, Um, which, to be fair, my primary interest at the beginning of this game was the fact that it had adorable little like pig minis or I don't they're like they're small, like meeple size, but they're little I think they might be plastic, but they're these adorable pigs. Now, there's also these little wolves they come with it too, but they're not as cute as the pigs. The pigs are so cute. But besides the minis, there's an actual game. So, in this and the other interesting thing I found out is this is by from Bicycle. Really? Yes. Huh. The playing I think this is their first ever Kickstarter.
1: Yeah, cuz the last the last games just went straight to retail.
0: Well, they don't need the money,
1: but Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they're doing all right. <laughs>
0: but I think they really they need the marketing is what they really Need yeah. Is because people are like, bicycle, that's cards, which you can get playing cards separately on this Kickstarter. But the game, Super Truffle Pigs, um, there are these tiles laid out that represent like the forest, and you have these tokens on them that are truffle tokens, and they're double sided. And so you'll have like the color of the token up, and there's victory points on the other side. And so you move your pig around, and you collect truffles. There's also these wolves that want to eat the little piggies. And so you can also kind of move. They're like these cards that you can play that move the wolf packs around to try and like scare off, eat up the other pi- other players piggies. But your pigs are not without their own defenses. You can have like these little piggy superpowers that kind of show you how to, you can move in a grid and do things to help take out the wolf or jump over them or or swap where one tile is for another to move them farther away, which is really cool. So you can kind of mitigate that. So it's not like, oh, people can just gang up on you and send the wolves after you and kill you off. And so I like that there's that ability to do that. And then you've got your own missions of collecting different kinds of truffles for points as well. So it looks super cute, like just a family-weight fun game where you can move these little cute piggies around. And the miniatures are in the base game. Hello. Thank you, Bicycle.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. I I finally saw a picture of this. I've heard some people talking about it, but somebody actually posted a picture, and the wolves and the pigs are pretty cute, and I didn't know it was Bicycle, so that's even cooler.
0: I know. So it's really interesting. So if you like little pig minis like me, or you like Bicycle, which I also do, like I think they're playing cards the best, to be honest. like That's not a paid endorsement. I just happen to like Bicycle playing cards, because I yeah. play a lot of cards. They're up there. Um, yeah, check out this Kickstarter. There are six days left on it by the time this podca- the podcast airs. And the base game is only 35 bucks.
1: That's a pretty good price. I mean, and even their other two games, uh, Stock Exchange or whatever, and Alphas or Alpha. Both of those have pretty good production, too. And they were like 30 bucks. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're trying to get into the board games and start killing it. So hopefully yeah. this one works out for them.
0: And so it's not just like cards, because it's there's the miniatures and you've got the player boards and you've got like, I think there's a die or two in there and along with cards. Um, but yeah, it, I, I think it's intriguing. And a thir- 35 bucks is like a pretty decent price point in my opinion. Yeah, it's not bad. All right, speaking of a $35 price point, I bring you my second choice for this week, which is called Adversity. And I say it that way because it's not like adversity but it's Adverse City because you are building a city. Now, yes, there are lots of city-building games. This is by um, Macaroni Games, um, which is apparently their first game, which uh, I think isn't inter-
1: true. I really thought I heard of that company before, but maybe just... I
0: know! Yeah. I thought that name sounded familiar, too, But which I guess kudos to you because that's a good choice of a name if it sounds familiar. So in this game, you're building a city because the person with the most population at the end of the rounds wins. And so, you know, you're getting places that can give you income. Um, everyone has some base cards that give you like a farmer's market and a town hall and a bank because you also have to feed your people. Um, and so you can get resources when you roll, um, much like Machi But then you also want to build up your town. You want to put um, places like apartments and houses so that more people will come to increase your population. However... This game is not just about building the city, but it's about building a city that can withstand some adversity. So you've got the improvement cards, but improvement cards aren't just like, oh, let's make a park. It's more like let's make storm shelters. Let's make fallout shelters. Let's build a levee. Let's get an emergency broadcast system. Let's get the swift water rescue. Let's do have some reinforced structures. Because disasters are going to come, and there's like nine disaster cards, volcano, flood, hurricane, epidemic, famine, earthquake, tornado, a nuke, wildfire. A nuke? Uh, How are you going to protect against a nuke? Fallout shelter, I told you, that's one of the improvements.
1: Yeah, you're going to need more than that.
0: So um, when each of these disasters happen, um, like some of them will take away like your food, like if you have um, a famine, but most of them are going to wreck your population. Um, But so you're going to roll to see how, you know, really serious that particular disaster is. And then your different improvements are going to help you save more people so that you don't get your population wrecked. I just think that's really hilarious. (laughs) I love that idea. Because normally like, oh, I'm going to build my town, I'm going to get my tableau set up. And oh, well, we got to have nice buildings and stuff. But that's pretty much it like, oh, I have the most attractive place to bring most people. This is is, not only do you have the most attractive place, but these people got to be doomsday preppers. (laughs) Like, you got to make sure that they are able to withstand some serious crises. And I just like that little twist. I think it's really fun. And the arc's pretty cute. So if you're interested in that, if you like kind of city building, it's basically mostly just cards with some dice rolling so pretty simple but it sounds like it could be a lot of fun so there's nine days left in that kickstarter um and it's 35 dollars for the base game so that's adversity
1: yeah that does seem fun and interesting i mean not like a super in-depth like hardcore game but a silly card game that you could play and have some fun with
0: and those are the two kickstarters that i'm bringing you today
1: All right, so let's talk about some games that we played. So we played some repeat games. <gasps> no. Yeah, I mean, we do that. We just don't, don't normally talk about them. But, you know, I think it's it's our channel. We can talk about what we want. So that's what we're going to do.
0: We can't always play the new hotness because we don't buy it. That's for
1: sure. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. Um, so the first game we're going to talk about is a game that you've played for the second time. I've played about three or four times and it's called Red Rising from Stonemeyer So the last time we played it, it was two players, but this time you got to play it at four, and I think that's the highest play account i played it at because i played it at three and two as well. And if you don't know what this game is, um, it's kind of a, a hand management game where you're using these cards in your hands to score points, and you're trying to get combos with other cards to score additional points at the end of the game. The trick here is all the cards also have an ability when you play it out to the board that are going to help you or you know help you get more cards in your hand give you special other things that you need during the game so you're trying to juggle do I want to play this card for the action or do I want to keep it in my hand for the points at the end of the game and you're kind of trying to get some cubes into the institute for like a little area control thing you're trying to move up on this flight track and you're also trying to collect helium for some points Um, it's a, a pretty simple game to play but there's a lot of Depth and strategy on which card you want to play Which card you want to keep and all that kind of thing So now that you've played it at higher than two Did your opinion change Or how do you feel about it
0: I actually really liked it Like after we played it you wanted to get rid of it And I said oh I really liked that game And like we have some really Like the nicer components In ours which I Obviously like even though the colors Are difficult to determine Like some of them are kind of close
1: The colors are Um, awful
0: They are pretty close. And that that would be a very difficult thing is if you have trouble um, distinguishing between between different shades, it makes this a little bit harder. Like it's written on there, but even the player pieces are sometimes are hard and close in color um, and shades. But I like this game because it is so tight. Like you have these cards that are multi-use cards, which I really love. And you have to play one. And sometimes when you play it, what that card's power does would really help you out um, t- for the in-game goal. But once you play it, it's it's away from you. So you have to figure out how to get it back. or do you not play it or do you play something else instead? Like, oh, the decisions are agonizing, but the gameplay is super simple. And so that's what I really like about it. Okay? On your turn, you play a card. Somewhere you do that, act. you do whatever the card says, you draw a card and you can comp- and you get the bonus from where you took it from. Like that is it. But. Oh, like, well, I do I want to get rid of this one because oh, I really need this card. Well, I'm looking for one that has a particular name on it. Well, I can't find it. What if I don't get it? I guess I could take one of the orange ones that allows me to duplicate for a person. Okay. And like you're just trying to build like a big, like a good engine where cards fire off each other for your in-game score. What do you want to keep? What can you sacrifice? How do you get more cards? Um, and I like that there are all these colors in there. It's really interesting. Um, I... I enjoyed it. like, I like that because it's sort of tableau building in a way and you're just trying to get, it's like, in, and there's an engine almost to it, which you don't get stuff on your turn, but you almost want to create, it's I don't think engine is the right word for it, but you want to create cards that all work together at the end to just score you like as many points as possible. And I love figuring that puzzle out. And again, that allows for multiple paths to victory because there are certain cards that work off maybe like a certain track. And so you can rack up points with a lot of those cards or cards that need other specific name cards will give you big points, but you have to keep them away from certain other colors. I just, I find it fascinating. With four people, I think it's a little bit better, even though I liked it too, a lot because you get out more cards, you're able to see more. So finding those people, finding the different colors of factions are a little bit easier. Things are happening that way to shuffle cards around. So I think there's more opportunity to find different ways to play and different cards to pull out, but also to get your plans foiled by other people taking the cards or causing you to get rid of certain ones. And I, I just really enjoyed this.
1: Yeah, I will say I think four is my favorite player count so far. Because the cards are shuffling around more, you're seeing more cards. I like playing at two because I get to play more, like I take yeah. more more turns. But at four, the card play, I think, shines a little bit better. So I'm, I think maybe even playing at five or six, it might even be even better because mm. there's way more cards coming in and out. But then, you know, you're playing a game where your turn takes 12 seconds, but there are five other people playing. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, right. I don't love that. But I did enjoy it the most that I've enjoyed it at four. I will say that.
0: Well, and I would like it at those bigger player counts, except it's really easy to get AP with this. Like, ooh, what do I want to make? And you're agonizing over what card to play. And yeah, you can kind of plan your turnout ahead of time, but um, someone can take the card that you're looking for or pull ahead on the track and you're like, well, crap, I can't do that. Or banish the card that you wanted. And now you're really in kind of a pickle. So um, yeah, I, it's just, I I like it. And I feel like... A lot of people don't. It was like, ooh, new game for Somaire, and everyone was like, ugh. But I think it was just too much for them.
1: Yeah, and I will say, Jamie has been killing it with those, th- these new games that have super simple actions. Like, Tapestry is the same way. On your turn, yeah. you either take an income turn or you pay resources to move up on a cube, a track. That's it. And like this is the same way. You're either going to play a card and pick up a card or just flip a card and put it down and get the thing. It's super easy. Like, it's easy to teach. The hardest part is understanding how the cards work. Because every card's different, and that can become a little bit of a beast. But it's not too bad.
0: Well, normally what I don't like about J.B.'s games is he builds in the timer mechanism to, oh, I'll be the first to reach to this. That's true. But this still has that, except it's not the first to reach so many points. And so also people aren't rushing to end the game generally because they're really trying to look for the card that they want, sort out the cards they want, rack up those points themselves. Right. So I feel like the game is able to actually reach its fulfillment truly than some of his other like earlier games where I I don't like that mechanism.
1: Oh yeah, you can keep this game from ending indefinitely if you want to, just by not, not moving up on certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, so that's Red Rising. Um, The next game that we played is one of the first games that we may have purchased in our collection. We've had it for a long time. And that game is called Dark Tales. And we also played with the Snow White expansion, I believe. Is that what we did? Yeah. So Dark Tales is another easy-to-play game. Basically, you're drawing a card and you're playing a card. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to play these cards down in front of you to score points, to maybe interact with other cards that are in play. Maybe score points based on other cards that are in play. Maybe steal some cards from your opponent to get some points, some tokens, all that kind of thing. Um, and it's like a, fairy, a gothic fairy tale theme. It has really nice art, I think. has big, like, tarot sized cards. Um, it, it's just a cool game. It's, it's not like super deep by any stretch of the imagination, but it's fun. The way the cards work together is all really interesting. There's four expansions. We have all of those. Um,. I can't tell tell you really which ones add what. I know Snow White just basically adds different cards, more cards. Um, but yeah, Dark Tales is a solid game, and it works at all player counts. So now, what are your thoughts on Dark Tales? Because I don't think you've ever talked about Dark Tales on the channel, really.
0: I don't know. Maybe not. I like it. Like The artwork was the first thing that drew me into it. And I've always loved card games because I started playing cards from the time i was really young and like played them all the time and fairly competitively um so dark tales was something that i'm like "Ooh, i like it i like tarot sized cards i like the artwork i love fairy tales um the cinderella expansion you you can partner up male and female and score points that way that's like an addition for that one um the little
1: mermaid i don't know if we played that one actually i don't think
0: we have there's that adds something completely different. We have that one um little red riding hood like
1: you, you can eat her, I know that with the wolf.
0: And the grandma, oh, but then yeah. the the hunter, the woodsman can come and cut him open and then that allows you to take some cards back and get cards from the people, which is right. pretty cool. Um and it kind of because it's kind of a little bit gothic, a little bit dark even the Cinderella ones, they fall back on the old kind of Grimm's version of fairy tales. So like some of the tokens you can get, like this corset, which the witch gave to Snow Snow White to like burn her. Um, The flaming shoes, which the witch had to put these flaming shoes on and that was like her punishment or something at the end. It's kind of creepy. However, I really like this game because it Again, has almost that engine building feel. And I think they're a multi-pass victory, in my opinion. Because some cards get laid down in front of you, and they have kind of ongoing powers, and other cards go out into like the main tableau where they can be used for you, other people. Um, they can fire off things in your hand. So for me, that, again, that puzzle aspect of Okay, I've got this card that it fires off. I get three points for every villain that's out on the playing field. Okay, well, I've got one out in front of me and I've got two more in my hand and I see that my opponent has put down two. If I can get these other two out, I will score some serious points. And so that, I actually think, Mike Corney was talking about this, um, either maybe on the riveted, I think, saying that it has almost that like, um like slot machine appeal of ooh I get points every time. And so every time you lay a card, you can collect points from it. Or you and then also it can be used for like enduring points. So there's like an, an instant gratification and then you can also play the long game. And so depending on if you play the base game or the other games, there are different things that you can do as other ways create victory points by matching um maybe two types of cards together, like a hero and a villain, or, you know, a sword to take out the villain uh, or creature. Um, In our case, you know, the um, poison apple with Snow White, those kind of things, you can get virtual points that way. Or you can just try and make these card combos happen and try and get more points that way or decide what's going to give you the most. I love that. I love that. And then at two, which I think I've only played it at two
1: yeah you have maybe i've played it it at three
0: i couldn't remember if i played it at three with brandon and you before or not
1: oh maybe maybe we've played it a lot so yeah i i don't know i don't know
0: but it's nice at two because you get to play a lot of cards and i love to play cards and i love to stack them up but i probably love it because when i play against jason i feel like i win pretty much every time
1: yeah it was bad it wasn't even close
0: I slaughtered you last time. I was like, "Oh yeah," and it's going to be day, and so this guy's going to fire off, and I've got this, I've got Snow White, and you've got, or er, er, I've got Snow White and the Prince and another Prince, and you've got this villain, and I'm going to lay this guy who lets me capitalize on all the villains, so I get ten points for that. Like, it was good. It was yeah, a good round. Just,
1: just so everybody knows, I did win Red Rising, so I do win some games. I don't win a lot of games, but I do win some. I was so close to beating you, and I could have too. You could have, but you didn't. Um, so yeah, I. Dark Tales is cool and I think that common area where you put the cards out on the table for everybody to use. I think that's pretty cool cuz it is like an mm-hmm. engine building thing, but it's an engine that everybody's building together. Kind of like Flamecraft right. was doing with their shared engine building. Well, this game mm-hmm. did it 10 years ago.
0: Well, yeah, and so like certain cards were like it's an ag- you get points for the aggregate number of that type. And so you're like oh do I play this now, do I wait for other people to play it? And so as you're kind of working together, different like point opportunities emerge and i think that's really cool and it and again yes yeah, simple action game but i still really enjoy it
1: yeah i would say if if you can find a copy of it even just the base game is a, is fun for you know you can play three or four games and it's going to be different every single right. time with just the base game so if you can find it it's super cheap it's less than 20 bucks it has awesome art and the gameplay is really fun it's not like super deep like a complicated game to play but if you like playing card games you like playing a card drawing a card those types of games you need to check this out because it's good. It's surprisingly good for as, as easy of a game as it is. Mm-hmm. All right. So the last game we're going to talk about is a game that we actually just bought. Yeah, that's right. We bought it. Um, <laughs> we
0: do pay for games.
1: We do pay for games sometimes. Take that. And, and this is a game from Renegade. And it's about rearranging bookshelf, books on a bookshelf. And it's called Athenium. I don't know how you say that word, but Athenium Mystic Sounds Library. Good. So this is a drafting game where everybody's going to have a hand of, I think, six cards, and you're going to end up playing five over the course of the round. The interesting thing about this one is, when you play a card, you're going to get what's on the bottom section of the card, and your opponent to your left and the opponent to your right are also going to get something on that card based on the sections of the card that are facing them. So, you're trying to take what's best for you while also not giving your opponent things that, if you look around, they may need. I didn't look at that too much, because that's too much, but it, you could met a game like that and look around and see what people need if you want to play like that. And ultimately, what you're trying to do is you're trying to collect different types of books to get them on your bookshelves in certain patterns or in certain locations on your bookshelf to score points based on these scoring cards that are up on the central board. Um, so each round or each turn, there's five, ten turns over the course of the game. And each turn, one of the cards is going to slide out. So if you're working on that card all the way to the farthest right, you better make sure you can complete it that round or it's going to go away. So all these cards are always shifting. Um, you're passing your cards around, trying to get cards that you need to build your shelf. You're trying to get these bonus tokens that may give you some bonuses or put some candles on your bookshelf to score you some extra points. You're trying to earn magic wands because that's how you're going to mark when you score a goal to let you know that you have scored that goal and you can't score it again. For as easy of a game as this is, it has a lot going on. It's pretty deep and puzzly and it has nice art. I really like the production, but I wasn't expecting it to be as crunchy as it was. So... What did you think about this one?
0: Okay, so I've really been wanting this game. I've seen it so many times. The cover, like, is so attractive to me. And finally, I wore Jason down (laughs) to buy it. Like, every time we walked into one of our local game stores, I'm like, oh, this game. This game looks so good. And, of course, you know, I'm a sucker for a game about books, The production is awesome. It's really pretty. Um, They have these little tokens that are books, and they all have these fun different titles on them. I love that. (sighs) However, I don't know about the gameplay, and I think I need to play it again. And I'd be interested to see what it does at a lower player count, actually, Um, because those goals just go by so fast that I feel like I... I can't accomplish them, hardly, except for, like, the lame ones. And so I, I just can't figure out if I I chose a bad path. Like, I lost real bad.
1: Yeah, I won this one, too, because I'm awesome.
0: Well, just rub it in, why don't you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't get to win that much. Let me have this.
0: Yeah, and I, I just don't know if I didn't pick up the strategy early enough or – I'm, I want to play it again because I feel like I didn't give it my best go. Um, and I think I was also surprised by what it was. Like, I wasn't prepared. And for the first several turns, I collected stuff from my card and sometimes from your card, but never from my friend Josie's card. Um, so I probably shorted myself. Like y-
1: Yeah, probably. I'm sure that didn't help.
0: <laughs> five books right from the get-go. Like, it was bad. Um, the wands are really cool. Like, again, it's really pretty. So I'd like to play it again, um, because I think it could be good if I would just, you know, get my head on straight. Also, it made me want to play Ex Libris even more, because I really love that game. And it's also about organizing bookshelves in a different way, in a way that maybe makes a little more sense to me. So now I don't know if I need both of them in my collection after I harassed Jason into buying it. (laughs) I mean,
1: they are different games. Like, Ex Libris is a worker placement game, and this one uh, is a drafting game. So... It's not like they're the same game. They just have the same theme and they, it would scratch the same itch, but they do play completely different.
0: Right. Um, so I definitely want to give it another go, try it, maybe some different player counts. Um, so it was all right, but I also probably had high hopes and got a little too idealistic about it. And I should not have, because that, that always leads me to disappointment. and I'm really bad at th- about that. And that's my own personal beef. It has nothing really to do with the
1: game. I like this one a lot. I thought it was good.
0: Of course you did, because you won the first time, and
1: that never happens. I, I like games all the time that I lose. That winning is just a bonus. But I, I like the way this game worked. I thought the drafting where everybody got something from the people to the left and to the right was cool. I liked the, um, the puzzle of trying to figure out what how to get the books on the shelves and moving them around. I really liked all that. It was, it was more entertaining to me, I think, than X Libris is. I mm-hmm. like X Libris, but I think this one was a little. This was in my wheelhouse a little bit more, I think. I don't love the drafting part, but I liked everything else about it. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, those are the games we played. A little bit of uh, differing opinions on that one, so that's good. <laughs> Always. All right. So let's talk about our feature today.
0: So, Jason copped out and put a play out on Facebook for new podcast episode ideas. Now I do try to keep a list of potential episode ideas, but obviously he hates all my ideas. Um, So he had to ask somebody else. (laughs) But you guys gave us some awesome ideas. And we're definitely going to try to use those um, as we kind of build towards, you know, our top 100 or whatever towards the end of this year, but such great ideas. And the first one that we were going to use that just automatically jumped out to us was games that we just really want to play, but for some reason, we haven't. For us, a lot of the reason is we won't buy them. (laughs) Jason won't buy them um, in some ways, but there are a variety of reasons why we've never played these games that a lot of people have. A lot of people have some of these games, played some of these games.
1: Most of these (laughs) games, honestly.
0: But not us. <laughs> so we've got kind of our top three of games like, man, I, I really want to play that. And we'll get to it, but we just haven't yet. Um, and then we've got a few honorable mentions. But Jason, why don't you start us off?
1: All right. So this first one, we do actually own. The rest of them, we do not own. But and you probably won't because
0: they're all expensive. Correct. <laughs> in.
1: But we do have this one on our shelves. And that game. this game is Feudum. So, this is a game that I think has awesome art. This is a really heavy, crunchy Euro game that once I saw people play through it, I was like, man, I gotta have this game. So, we got sent a copy. I need to do a review on it at some point. But the tricky part here is I gotta figure out how to play the thing. So, I've played through by myself learning games a couple times. But I'm not counting that as plays because this game is, you gotta have people to actually play this game. But the reason we haven't played this one is. This is going to be a nightmare to teach. Um, Even more than like a Lacerda game, some of these actions, they don't make sense. They're like counterintuitive the way they work. Mm -hmm. But once you see how they work, it makes sense. But it's just stuff that's never been done before. It's card play mixed with these workers that are cubes that you can rotate based on the action that you want to take. And then these guilds like feed into one another. And based on guilds, you can do like some area control. It's crazy. It is... It would take probably an hour and an hour and a, or an hour and a half to teach this game. So that, along with the two or three hour gameplay, makes it really tough to get this one to the table. And I'm not sure who all, other than me and you, I don't know who all we could get to play this with us. Maybe Chris. But again, that would be a whole night of games or we'd have to start early <laughs> to play this. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's it's just a beast. So eventually I'll get it played. We'll get it played. But yeah, I don't know when that's going to happen. So feud them.
0: Yeah, I I also want to play this, um, and yeah, I've watched some videos and looked at it, but even just your explanation right there confused me. Um,
1: yeah, try reading the rule book; it's even worse than that.
0: Well, sometimes you you play like a learning a teaching game with me, so that I can drive you crazy with all the questions, so it'll streamline it for other people. That's true.
1: We might have to do that in order to get this played.
0: Yeah, but I'm interested in that too. The artwork is intriguing. I wouldn't say I like it.
1: I like it. It's weird. I like it.
0: But it's the colors. I do. I like the colors. I don't know that I like the actual subject in the artwork itself, but the colors are cool.
1: Yeah, it's like weird colors that are not in our nice and tan board games. It's out of our normal color palette. It is. It is.
0: (laughs) So my first game is one that I feel like a ton of people have played, just not us. And every time I hear about it, I'm like, oh, I really want to play that game. And that's Time Stories. And I feel like everybody's played this. Everyone that's played it seems to love it for the most part. Um, It seems like a game I would like. You know, this kind of deck investigation game when there's riddles and puzzles to be solved and you're trying to do it in, like, the most ideal, um, like, attempts. And I think part of the reason why we never played it Number one, Jason was so anti-legacy games, and this has that episodic feel to it, so he didn't want anything to do with it at the beginning. And it was kind of expensive, and the initial scenario is like,
1: yeah, you weren't interested in that, really.
0: Something creepy. It's an I asylum.
1: Think.
0: Yeah, I don't really like that. Um, but since then, they've come up with so many of like new episodes. And I'm like, oh, I really, am, all this stuff that I'm really interested in. Um, And then now I think they have this different set that is independent um, of the initial kind of Time Stories, like base game, I guess I'll call it. Yeah, Um, it's,
1: it's like a, yeah, it's a smaller version that you don't have to do the whole play four or five times in a row.
0: So I've considered, you know, using one of those to kind of dip my toe into it. But then there's a hesitation of, well, if I don't like it and they're kind of expensive and it'd have to be I don't know it's a whole thing but that idea really intrigues me you know I love Consulting Detective um and a lot of games like that where you're investigating and looking through stuff and um trying to find things and and doing these all kinds of puzzles and stuff and um I, I like I like the way it's put together I think that's really cool but I just have never played it yet so my first one's Time Stories
1: Yeah, I'm not actually opposed to this one. I don't know how I feel about playing a game, like failing and playing it over, like the same game. That seems a little weird because a legacy game, you finish the game and you play a new game with new rules and stuff. But this one, you're playing over again the same game to try to get to the ending. That seems weird, but maybe it plays out cool. I would give this one a try, though.
0: Is that like every game where you play it and then you lose and then you're going to play it again, but you're going to try to win?
1: Yeah, but in order to complete the story, though, like if a game, like if I'm playing Marco Polo, there's no story there. I just play through the game. I either win or I lose. I make but, a story. Well, it doesn't have a story, though. Like this one, <laughs> you have to actually get certain pieces, I, I think from just what I've seen, because it's one of those games where no one can talk about it because they don't want to spoil it. But you have to like go to certain locations and get certain cards and meet certain criteria to actually complete the story so until you completed the story you're gonna you're, you could finish one game but you don't know what the end of the story is so I don't, I don't know
0: all right we'll see
1: um so the next one i have on my list is actually a game that the board game rundown has talked about i watched their review and i've seen some reviews before that but it really came back on my radar and it's an old game and it's from mayfair i believe and it's called the downfall of pompeii so the reason i want to play this is mostly because i like the gimmick in it you have this little volcano, and tiles are going to come and may burn these little these little people up. They're not really people. They're like little hex like, um, cylinders that you're putting on the board that represent people. And then you throw them into the volcano, and that is really cool to me. I don't know. I like that mechanism a lot. But the game also has got some interesting card play where you're trying to get some control of these locations on the board. And then once you hit a certain point in the deck, then you're going to start put, pulling these tiles out from the bag to burn up the city. And you're trying to get your people, your colored people, out of the city to score the most points before they get burned up by the volcano. And I think this game just looks cool. It looks like something I would enjoy because I love a good gimmick. And it looks tan and boring. And that's how I know I'm going to love a good game. So the second one that I want to play is The Downfall of Pompeii.
0: I never heard of this game. When you put it on here, I'm like, why would you put that game on here? No one ever has ever played it and no one's ever heard of it. And now yep. you're like, Oh yeah, Booker was talking about it and all this stuff. I'm like, What?
1: It's a pretty popular game. It is. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I've never heard of it. I do like booting people, like knocking people out of the council seats on Council of Four, so maybe I'd like throwing them into the volcano.
1: Yeah, it does look satisfying. It really does. Like mm-hmm. that would be the part I would just want to burn burn everybody up so I can throw them in the volcano. <laughs> And probably lose. (laughs) Probably. It's probably not the best path to victory, but I would have fun doing it. Um, So my uh, second choice is one that
0: people in The Riveted have mentioned several times about really beautiful games and also Asian-themed games, which are two things that I love. And so this game is Tang Garden. Um, Just looking at the... Even the... I mean, the box is freaking gorgeous. Like, I love that, like, just kind of... Like keyhole image of the garden, and then you've got all these really beautiful little pagodas, and and people that come into the garden that move around. This artist and this the emperor and the pretty lady, and um, the way it just gets built up, I it's so pretty. And I've heard a lot of good things about this game. I don't know a ton about it. Like, as far as, I think there's some set collection, and you're, like, laying tiles as well as you're building the garden. Um, But I just want to play it because it's so pretty, to be honest. But it's really expensive. That's probably why I don't have it. I don't know. I was trying to think if I've ever seen it in a store.
1: I don't think I have. I know it was a Kickstarter. It might be in a Kickstarter exclusive. I don't know.
0: I don't know how. It's from 2014, so. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's been out for a long time, but i know no 2020 tang garden it's really new what did i see 2014 that was something else yeah it's just it's beautiful absolutely but i don't know if i'll ever get my hands on it but i'd love to try <laughs> Tangana, i love to try so my second choice is tang garden
1: well we know someone in the riveted has it because they posted pictures fred we're looking at you i know but
0: fred lives so far away
1: <laughs> that's true he lives too far away for us to just go hey we're gonna play 10 garden we're coming over and i want to yeah. play the
0: pretty games
1: yeah maybe someday i don't i don't know we might find it eventually on goodwill or something we'll see
0: Or we might make it to the west coast to be like hey fred let's hang out and play Tang garden <laughs> east coast oh yeah east coast not west coast
1: <laughs> all right so moving on from geography um
0: <laughs> okay okay um, It wasn't even like I didn't know where he lived. It was, I just said the wrong word. Unlike you who are like, I didn't even know that place was a country.
1: Hey, I live in America. I know where my house is. That's where I Burkina Faso. Do you know where
0: that is? I don't think so.
1: I know where New Carlisle, Ohio is. And I know how to get from some places to that place.
0: Gosh, give your last game.
1: (laughs) So my last game is from some other, it's about, um... Elections in some other country that's not Ohio. That you probably
0: don't know where it's located on a world map.
1: <laughs> it's Germany. I know where Germany is. Thank do you, very much. you? Do you really? It's not in America. I know oh that for sure. Gosh. So, and that game is called Democker. Um, so this game just actually got reprinted from Stronghold. I think either last year, or the year before, but it's still outrageously expensive. Yeah, it's above my fifty dollars threshold. I don't know. It's like sixty or seventy bucks. But what you're doing in this game is you're trying to sway elections in your favor. And that sounds boring just talking about it. (laughs) But it has a lot of cubes. Um, It has some interesting card play from some videos that I've seen. And it just seems like a game that I would enjoy. Yes, it's dry. And it's, you know, not going to be like stand up and yell like you're playing Homestretch or whatever. But it looks like a fun game. It looks like a game that I would really be able to sink my teeth into and have a good time. So I'd really like to try... De-mocker. And I don't know anybody that has that. I've never seen anybody playing it. I've seen the new one in a, in Epic Loot or somewhere a couple times, but it was like 80 bucks, and that's a little too much.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'd play it once. It doesn't really sound like a, really, a very exciting uh, theme for me, but it's politics. You'd probably call me a lying piece of trash. You seem to do that in German politic-based games.
1: I mean, it's not a social deduction game, so I don't think there's going to be any room for that. You,
0: th- not, you would think that wouldn't happen, but I don't know with you.
1: Yeah, you're right. I might just throw it in <laughs> the Um
0: Yeah, I would give it a go. I remember when it was being republished. You were so excited. But the old ones, really, I don't think have come down in price.
1: Nope. Hmm. You would think if a new edition comes out, the old ones would be cheaper. But it's just, for some reason, it's not working like that. Like... If I wanted to get a new iPad, or if someone was getting a new iPad and they sold their old iPad, that one would be cheaper. But that's not how board games work for some reason. Somebody needs to get on that
0: board game economy. Figure that out.
1: I know. Come on.
0: (laughs) Uh, My last game, I have no idea if it's out of print, if you could find it. I guess I could look. You cannot get it on Amazon.com is what this BGG is telling me. No, and no listings are on the Geek Market. So, who knows if I'll be able to play this game? But that game is Cinquatele.
1: Joel has a copy. I know. So, we can just go beat him up and take his down. copy. Uh,
0: <laughs> so, Cinquatele, it is, I want to say, if it's pick up, pick up and deliver, a little bit of set collection, um, where you're trying to move around to these different regions in Italy and you're like operating this little cute truck like farm truck, that you put your produce on and you go to these villages to sell. And so you're kind of competing to sell these different villages to get the most money um, and, like, fulfill these cards. It, again, I'm sure it's super simple. It probably... I, I don't think it's, like, rocket science. It w- I think it was... Um, I think it came out in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right. 2013? Yeah. In 2013... But, like, I just think the little carts are cute. Even the artwork on the, okay, the the box art, not good. Not good. Uh, I gotta tell you.
1: Not good. Oh, I like it. I think it's fine. Are you serious? I mean, I also like London. I, I know. like uh, Brad.
0: But the produce cards are really cute. And I like this idea of, like, these little, like, I don't know, what little trucks, these cute little, there's some word for that. And I can't think of it right now. But these cute little trucks go around delivering produce and I just have always wanted to play it. And plus it's so fun to say chinkitere like you're Italian and I love it. So the last one is chinkitare.
1: <laughs> it's a me, a Mario. Cinque-tere. Yeah, I don't that's know, or, cinca,
0: cinca. I don't
1: I think it's Cinque, cinque, cinque.
0: Terre. My Italian is not, not good.
1: We went over this. I don't even know if that's Italian. I live in Ohio. It is Italian. That's all I know.
0: Cause this is, they're all like this area, this region in Liguria in Italy.
1: Yeah, I would definitely play this game, but yeah, it's as far as games go, this one and the expansion to Into the Echo Side are like impossible to find.
0: I'm gonna find a clown and get that expansion. I don't care what I have to do.
1: <laughs> I want to hunt me down a clown. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're going on like a final tour next year. I will go to every show. They're I mean,
1: maybe. Clowns
0: got an expansion. Violent
1: J is six, so maybe if he passes, he'll be liquidating his estate and we can find a copy. I wonder
0: if I wrote him a letter.
1: I don't know. We could try writing him a letter. He would send me some,
0: something, like a expansion. <laughs> I mean,
1: I would say probably not, but it's worth a try. We haven't I don't tried it yet. No, I mean, I
0: could. I, I mean, I, I'm sure he has enough Fago, so I don't think I can send him that as an incentive, but.
1: Yeah, I really want that expansion.
0: Anyway, that's so off topic of Cinca or Chinka or Cinque Terre, but those are my three <laughs> three games that I want to play, but I just haven't.
1: All right, so I also put down some other games because picking three is hard because there's like a billion that I want to play. So I'll talk about four other ones that I wanted to play, and I think we might have a little crossover here on one. But one of the games that I want to play, and it's a cooperative and I don't even like cooperative games, but I want to try this one, and that's Shadows Over Camelot. I've heard a lot of people say that it's a good cooperative game. It has a cool theme. Like, I like the Arthur and Merlin theme and all that kind of thing, but I haven't gotten to play it, because I don't know anybody that has it. It's impossible to find, just like some of these other, Well, it's impossible to find for a price that I want to pay, mm, so man. I haven't gotten to play it. But I would love to play it sometime. Um... Another game I'd like to play is called Panamax. This is a pickup and deliver game about um, cargo ships. You're moving them through uh, canals trying to deliver cargo. Sounds boring, but this also sounds like a game I would like. Um, and then basically any splatter game. I've never played a splatter game Roads and Boats, Great Zimbabwe, um, Food Chain Magnate, Bus. I've never played any of those, and I feel like I should because I've heard they're really good games. And I've watched some videos and they seem cool, but. They just look really low quality, and that's coming from me, who likes brass <laughs> and London. They look bad, but they also seem like they're really fun games, so I just haven't gotten to play that. And finally, the last game I want to play, or that I want to talk about, is a game that's out of print, and it's called Turn and Taxis, or Tac, I don't know how taxis. you Taxis. I call it Turn and, is it Taxis? That's
0: what I've heard everybody say it.
1: Oh, I just assumed it was Taxis or something, I don't know. Um, and this is a game about Germany and their post office or something, hmm. kind of like um, Ticket to Ride, and uh, you're doing some route building and all that kind of thing. So, but it's just hard to find and out of print. And again, I don't want to pay that much money for this game, so that's why I haven't played it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was like, I was German, but it's Bavaria, so yeah. I I, I also want to play Turn and Taxis. Um, I've heard. So much about it. It's like a foundational game, I think, in board game history. You know, it came out in 2006. I'm surprised I didn't play it back then because I was actually playing some games then. Um, but you can't find it. It is criminally out of print. The only thing I you keep I keep finding is like expansions. But I'm like,
1: yeah, just the one. There's two of yeah. them, but you can only ever find the I'm like, one. I can't it's all freaking the get
0: place. the base game. What am I gonna do with this dang expansion? Um. I mean, maybe I wouldn't even like it. Ooh, there's a one for 50 bucks in very good condition on Geek Market. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I would also like to play that. Um, a game that I we own that I haven't played yet is Detective. And I do want to play that. I Obviously, I love the deduction games. I love the crime-solving games. I read mystery novels. I watch <sighs> mystery shows all the time. I That is so fun to me, and I can't wait to get into that. So I have it, and I feel like it's, like, ready to go. The game I don't have that I would like to play that Jason probably would not want to play, but maybe we could get him to play if our kids wanted to, is Stuffed Fables. Um, it looks super cute. I like the idea of it. Um, it definitely is kind of in my wheelhouse of games. Uh I just... It looks so... It looks great. Um, and then finally, in a very controversial move that Jason will never want to play this game, I want to play um, Jaws of the Lion. Just because I don't think I would actually be in for the long haul, uh, as far as Dungeon Crawl goes, for um, um Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven. I'm like, my mind totally blanked. For Gloomhaven. I, I, I can handle a little bit of that, but... I don't know if I'd be be in it for like a whole campaign, but I feel like Jaws the Lion seems a little bit scaled down. Something that I would enjoy. I do like that kind of thing. I'm in a D and D campaign. I love getting together and having like a party and, and doing these things, um, even if they're you know directed by a game. I think that sounds really fun, and I love to give it a go. <sighs> but I don't know who I'd play it with.
1: As much as I hate to say this. I probably do need to play Gloomhaven 1.
0: What? What? You heard it right here, folks. You heard it right here.
1: I've heard a lot of people say that it's a game that I would like because it's Euro It's a really? Euro y. And that just sounds bizarre. I don't even to me. know what that means. There's no dice. I know that. It's all card play. Huh. So, I mean, I. I would try. I don't want to play like fifteen hours or a hundred hours of Gloomhaven, right? But I would try. I would try a game, and I think Jaws of the Lion would be the way that I would want to go because then I don't have to sort through all that box of two hundred hours of game if I just want to play a couple games of wow, it. Wow, you heard it here first, folks! What
0: Jason wants for his birthday, someone sent him a copy of Jaws of <laughs> the Lion. It's going down.
1: <laughs> In fact, that's not what I said. But I heard it. Sure. You
0: all heard it. Everybody heard it.
1: <laughs> Unless
0: he edits it, edits it out of the episode, which is possible.
1: <laughs> yeah, make it added to that. We'll see. <laughs>
0: uh, so yeah, those are the games that we really want, have wanted to play, but just haven't for various reasons. Most of them are because we're too cheap, or the game is criminally out of print. And we just can't find it. Um, so what about you? What are games that you're like? Oh yeah, I've been meaning to play that. I want to play that. I just don't know someone who owns it, or it's I can't find a copy, or I just haven't gotten around to it. What are the games that you are just dying to play but haven't yet? Tell us. Go to our Facebook page. You know, we'll have the episode posted there. Even better, go to hashtag The Riveted, our Facebook group. It's easy to join. Just send a request. Um, I think the question is, what game would you play if you could play one right now? I love to see that answer. Um, So that's really fun. And I'll accept you, like, as soon as I see it, right away. Because we love having people in that Facebook group talking about games, um, talking about stuff for the podcast. We have some giveaways sometimes. Um, And it's just a really great group of people in there. Um, Or Instagram, send those pictures of games. You're like, oh, someone posted this picture. I want to play this game. Or Twitter, retweet us, retweet the episode, what games you want to play. Or again, on YouTube, I know several of you, thank you, thank you, listen um, to us through YouTube. And comment there or comment on some of the videos (laughs) if you're like, hey, this is a game I want to play. And a lot of you do. And for me, that is one of my favorite parts about doing this podcast is being able to interact with other people who love board games and just want to talk about them. And pretty much everyone is generally very positive. We don't get political. We don't get crazy. We just talk about the
1: games. That's true. It's a pretty solid group. Um, I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at the board game rundown, go check out their channel. They do a weekly video, maybe some interviews, some kind of topic, talk about some games they played and just, just talk about the, the hobby in general. they're pretty good dudes. Also, I wanted to mention that when this episode posts, we're going to have a giveaway up on across all of our channels that you can go find out. And we're going to be giving away a game of mining colony from Dr. Finn, brand new and shrink. Ooh. So if you're interested in a new game that still has shiny shrink wrap on it, go check that out. It's a solid game. There's a video on our YouTube channel. If you did want to I go play check this it game? out, you did not. I played it with Brandon. I think.
0: Oh, okay,
1: okay. Uh, it's like a Polyomino <laughs> game that takes place in space, which is why you didn't play it.
0: Uh, I see that now. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, it, it's a solid game. It's just I. I not I never in my wheelhouse. Right. I would never play it, which is why it's it's going away. But if you're interested in that, check it out, and it'll be running for a couple weeks, and then. I'll pick a winner and you'll get a game. Woohoo.
0: All right. Well, I think that's all for tonight. I have an eight o'clock class tomorrow morning, so I'm gonna turn into a pumpkin if I stay up any later. (laughs) What? It's so sad. It's sad that everyone's like, Oh, when you get older you get used to getting up early. No. It hasn't happened yet. I still am not a morning person. When I retire, I'm be sleeping until ten o'clock all the time. Like, it's going to be awful. I'm like, no, I'm not coming to your senior's breakfast group because I'm not getting up at 6 o'clock.
1: 6 o'clock, they they meet at 4. Come on.
0: Well, they get up at 4 to be at the restaurant at 6 o'clock.
1: I can't do it. They have to eat lunch at 10 and dinner at 3 and go to bed at 5.
0: Yeah, I just, I can't. I can't do it. (laughs) 8 o'clock class. and like I try to be real chipper because I know my students are like... It's it's even worse for them because they're a lot of them are so young and they need even more sleep than me as an old person, but whew, it's rough at eight o'clock, especially like Monday mornings. <laughs> On Monday, I went to class. I said, "Good morning, everyone," and like dead silence came back to me. I'm like, "Oh, it is a Monday and it's eight o'clock. I can I can see it. It's it's not working out." And I'm, just, I'm always like, "Let me tell you, I feel you." Okay. <laughs> I get my second wind about 11 o'clock at night, and I'm good till about 3, and then I want to sleep in till about 10 or 11. But that is not the adult life that I lead. Nope.
1: that You kissed that life goodbye a long time ago.
0: I did, and you'd think I'd be over it by now, but I'm still mourning the loss of that <laughs> schedule. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's enough rambling about my lack of sleep, because I'm not getting any right now. So, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody.
1: Keep gaming.
0: But not early, like at a reasonable hour.